for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Today is November 21st, 2023. I'm your host, Aaron Blasey. And with me today in the flesh is David Riley. What's going on, man? Man, not too much. We are, uh, you know, just almost a week into Michigan firearm season here. And as I was driving up here to your place today, I was kind of just looking out the window and it's like, man, how how quickly the fall goes by, right? And how it almost looks like a ghost town out there now. You know, it is when firearm season starts, it always has a different feel, but you know, all the leaves have fallen. It's frosty in the mornings now. We're just, it's not that it's over, but boy, does it sure feel a lot different now. It does. It feels different. And uh, I'm sure, I'm sure we, we could do a podcast on, we probably should do an update on where things are right now. Um, as my computer goes off and makes a noise. Um, because it's just different. Yeah. It just, it's different, you know, yep. and a lot of people, I was watching actually a video with Bill Winky today, like he's still very much with a bow and mm. it's November still, you know, but my mindset is totally different because of the 15th, you yeah. know, and it, 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 I think it'd be cool for us to talk about too, like what our cameras are showing right now and, mm-hmm. and just our deer sightings in general. Like, yeah. Like you said, it's a ghost town. Yeah. It's weird. It, it it totally changes, you know, and, and I know every state deals with firearm season and I know they, you know, each of them probably feel somewhat of the same impact, but it's like, you know, the more I start to travel hunt and the more, you know, I'm interested in hunting the biggest stuff that I can find in Michigan, the more appealing it becomes to start traveling out of state here in mid to late November. Yeah, and like the travel thing, it's you know we just got back from Kansas not too long ago, and um, you know looking at that trip, we had a lot of fun, but I kind of wish we were in Kansas right now. Yeah, you know what I mean. And yep. taking that in consideration, I'm not saying I'll never travel again like that early because if I draw Iowa next year, I'll be there for the first at least ten days in November. Yeah, you know that's um. So, but I will say like, <clears throat> I just. I've lost the luster for gun season. Yeah. You know, um, not saying I'll never ever tote a gun again because never ever is a long time. Yep. But, um, you know, I still have a tag in my pocket and I have yet to even have a desire to go out yeah. and hunt with a gun. Yeah. It's been, you know, when you say that, it makes me think it, it's probably been close to 12 years since I've gun hunted and I have nothing against people gun hunting. You, you know, the, the real positive thing for me with gun season usually is is seeing my close family members uh, have success you know my my youngest brother shot his first ever buck during gun season you know grandpa wayne shot himself a really nice buck here in gun season so that's a positive but it just year after year you can't help but just see the change in the deer woods you know what i mean yeah it's um you know 
my dad came over yesterday and he's like, he's like, Aaron, I think the rut's over. And I'm like, yeah, it feels that way. Mm-hmm. And I said, in my opinion, it's, I feel like it's over because, you know, it, the, our cameras, like not the cameras, sorry, but the, the people, I mean, we have over 600,000 gun hunters. Yeah. Okay. Gun hunters. So it's like, you get that many people in the woods, it's going to start pushing deer around and going to be vacating areas. And then you see how many, how many, how many deer died opening day? Yeah. Night? I, I don't, I don't remember how many, the number was died opening day, but what I can tell you here, we sit on, on Tuesday that by the, by the time Wednesday hits, right. Is it Wednesday or Thursday? It's been a full week of gun season that it will be close to a hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. And those are only the deer that are reported. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and, and and like you said, like I'm not I'm not sitting here uh like mad at people for gun hunting. Yeah. Like it's not I'm yeah. not mad like gun hunting. I still love the nostalgic, you know, atmosphere of gun hunting and deer camp and everything. It's just internally in me like I I it, for me to kill a deer with a gun doesn't hit the same as it used to. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'd much rather do it with a bow and and um but I will say my biggest beef with not gun season, but with just Michigan deer hunting, is I really wish we had one buck. I yeah. really wish it was a one buck tag. Yep. You know? Um because <clears throat> you know obviously I we'd have to look at the, the registered deer harvest or buck harvest on November fifteenth. But let's just in fact say it was like twenty thousand. I don't mm-hmm. know what it is, just a fictitious number. If that was in fact a one buck, does the twenty thousand bucks still die on right? You know because you know how many how many times you open Michigan buck poll or, you know, <clears throat> I know there's a lot of counties in Michigan that have their own Facebook page now too, and they put up pictures of the county. Like, dude, you know how many deer? I how many people I've seen with two bucks in one picture? Oh yeah, that they because they can kill two bucks on yeah, you know, the same day. So it's like, boy. You know, if even if you cut that that number in half, it's like ten thousand deer. You just gave them an opportunity to survive. Yeah, you know. Yeah. No, we we've talked about that one buck thing a lot. You know, and you know, I think we're both staying in the same camp. We're we're so in favor for that. You know, where it's, you know, we're not controlling someone what type of buck they can shoot. Right. They can still shoot whatever they would like. That you only get one though, mm-hmm. right? And be and this is where I. This is the unsexy part of what would also help is before we hit the record button today, we were looking at the numbers, okay? And right now in Michigan, we're we're knocking on um, almost 200,000 deer reported. Yep. And 50,000 of, of them are does. So for every three bucks being shot, there's only one doe being shot. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think like, not only, you know, antler growth, you know, just having the one buck tag, but there's a lot of people out there, including myself, that say, I, I would like two deer in my freezer. That forces me to go shoot a doe. And I, I think that would force a lot more people to go do it, you know, because it's, listen, three bucks to one doe being shot, is, it's not a good recipe. <laughs> no. it, it's it's going to, eventually this is all going to catch up. And yeah. it probably already is it's just probably somewhat of a trickle effect but when you see those numbers and that's the thing is we've never been able to see numbers like this Mm -hmm. and yeah they're still skewed like you said you know there there's still a percentage of people out there that aren't reporting them yeah 
but what people are it's like wow guys like that's that's not that's not good you know what right. i mean like those numbers are they're not pretty we we have a problem here i guarantee if we talk to a a biologist about deer herd numbers like they would be like they'd circle that doe number and say this is not good you yeah, have an issue here for sure and i think we it's all pretty apparent that we you know we do have an issue so it's like but you know i'm can sit here and say i'm part of the problem too because i haven't shot a doe yep but i will say like you know i've been fortunate enough in the last three years to kill seven deer yeah so my freezer is literally can't close it because there's so much meat yeah so, so it's like and you know and then i told you today i'm like i should just go and you know kill a couple of those and 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 um uh donate them mm-hmm. you know just to be part of the cause and not the problem which yep. is very well could be like i might do that yeah you know um i mean late late season archer hunting if there's some snow on the ground it's a lot of fun going out for does you know like a high probability hunt that's that's real fun a lot of fun yeah but you know speaking of gun season you know uh bailey wanted to go out hunting last night and i took her out and this is the first season it's not like she's been hunting for a long time this is only her third season but this is her first season that she's had to hunt into november right and I was in Kansas and I knew and she was itching for me to get home for us to go back out. And this was the the first opportunity for us to go out. And it was blue skies, high pressure, you know, mid 40 degrees, not much wind, just perfect. Perfect for what you want for hunting season, basically, right? And she said something to me when we were sitting there. She's like, Dad, it's like these conditions sound perfect by the, by how you talk why aren't we seeing deer? And I was like, well, this is a, this is what it's like post gun season. Like it, the woods change. This is what pressured, extremely pressured hunting feels like mm-hmm. now, you know? And, and she was like, it feels like there's no deer out here. And I was like, there's some, but they're, they, they're like how their survival skills have changed now. hundred percent. They've had to, they've had to kick those into the highest priority, you know, but yeah, it, it, to hear kids say that, you know what I mean? What, you know, only three seasons of hunting, very little experience hunting. You no, know, it's like, man, it's, she's not wrong. No, not wrong at all. But, nope. Well, I guess with that being said, um, we can get into the, you know, what we're going to be talking about today. So Mike Yoder from uh, drone D recovery, he reached out and wanted to do uh, another podcast, which very much obliged because Mike seems like a really good guy and love what he's doing with the drone deer recovery thing and and they've very much kind of flipped it on its head and Mm -hmm. they're doing something a little different which is really exciting and and um you've probably heard him on like working class bow hunter like he's been he's kind of doing the podcast rounds which um trying to get the word out there but uh we talk about all the new stuff that they have going on so that's going to be today's podcast in a nutshell but i do want to get into some uh meat and taters of of some partners right now because Black Friday is coming up in mm. four days, mm-hmm. literally four days. And uh, actually, you know, I work for Latitude. You guys know that we are doing a Black Friday deal that just launched yesterday. So if you go to latitudeoutdoors.com and click on the banner, you can you can see all the 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 Black Friday deals we have going on, and every item on the website is discounted. You know, a certain amount. Yeah up to 50%. Like right now, a three pack of carbon SS climbing sticks 
is one hundred eighty nine ninety nine right now. Yeah, like take my wallet. <laughs> I had a I had a buddy send me a, a screenshot this morning. He's like buying it right now, and it was a <laughs> it was a saddle kit, you know. But when I looked at it myself, I told him I was like, "You should," because the only time I ever seen a sale like that was when we were at a show. Because outside of that, yes. there is no discount codes that are going to save you as much money as this sale will. Yes, for sure. So. Go over to latitudeoutdoors.com and check that out. Now, our code will not work for to tack on with that. Our codes are, you know, all the podcast codes for Latitude are shut off. So uh, go over there and just start saving right now. I mean, if you get no better time to get into this mobile hunting gear right now than right Black Friday. Yeah. You know? And you know what your wife would say? She would, you know, when they buy something and they say, well, it was on sale. This is your time, guys, to be able to use that exact line. Yes. When they yes. say, what's the credit card charge for? And you're like, well, it was on sale. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the next one also is uh, Helix and America's Best Bowstring. So starting on Friday, which would be Black Friday, November 24th through the 27th. So through Cyber Monday, if you use the code BEST, B-E-S-T, you can save 25% off on both of those brands. So if you guys want to get some FJ2s or FJ4s or a new set of uh, strings for your bow, do that and uh, go to americasbestbowstrings.com or helixbroadheads.com and start saving there. That is uh, something that uh, I don't think you guys will want to miss either as I'm trying to read and multitask and I can't do it. <laughs> but um, also some other other companies... Uh, Helix, I already said Helix Exodus Outdoor Gear. You can use the code TF for 15% off right now um, at exodusoutdoorgear.com. Uh, they have the five-year no BS warranty with theft and damage coverage for their rival uh, cell cams. And then uh, they also have arrows and they have uh, the solar panels and everything. You can go there, check them out at exodusoutdoorgear.com. Also, next is Garmin. Don't forget to go to Garmin.com, check out their A1, their A1i, and their A1i Pro bow site. They actually have a crossbow site as well. We just recently did a podcast with uh, Chad and mm -hmm. Patrick on that really good podcast. Oh, yeah. I learned some stuff on there. I didn't know about those sites. I, I won't lie. Afterwards, I went out and started messing with my site because I don't know if you remember, but when they started talking about like how you can get the left or the right side of your, you know, your screen to kind of be like yep. blinking at you if you're torquing it wrong, that was really appealing to me. But I tell you what, man, you know, we sit here and we're talking about Black Friday, but you know, if your wife's asking for a Christmas list, that Garmin site, I'd, that'd be a, that'd be at the very top for that, me. Just say, I don't want anything other than this. Yep. A1i Pro Bow site, do that. So, um, go check out that podcast. It was episode 348. It explains a lot about the site and the technology. If you guys are looking to get into some more content, check that that out and uh, go check out the, the site as well. Uh, next is Buck Bourbon. Use the code TFP20 at Buck Bourbon for any uh, ground blinds, food plot seed, mineral attractant. Uh, I will say, so my father-in-law shot a deer and I gutted it for him using the distiller's knife kit. Now, it's the second deer that I've used with that kit this year thoroughly impressed with that mm -hmm. i thought it was gonna like you know you always have that like how long will it keep the edge i'll tell you what man every one of those knives kept the edge really well yep from my first year and i didn't sharpen them yeah. I, i'm i'm one that will literally take eight knives in the in the woods with me if one's not sharp i'll i'll throw that out give me the next sharp one so yep. these ones are still pretty darn sharp yeah i've done i've done four with them so far this year 
and you know two for me then two for grandpa wayne and the second one i did for grandpa wayne he said where'd you get that and i told him and he says well i need one i'm like well i got all his deer for him now yeah. and i'm like i don't you don't need one but he's like i need one of those dj <laughs> he's like okay we can get you one grandpa wayne yeah so check out the distiller's knife kit from buck bourbon you can you can see if you have a local tractor supply like we do here in Michigan and stuff. I actually don't even know what other states they're in, but mm-hmm. Tractor Supply is a big Buck Bourbon dealer, so check them out there as well. Um, Prime, this is a huge one. Prime just launched their new bow, the RVX series, uh, on November fourteenth. We did a podcast with them talking about the launch. Go check that out. We are going to be going down to Prime here shortly to do a, a factory tour and learn more about what they got going on everything. Really excited about that partnership. Um, it's something I think that is blossoming into just, you know, not just a partnership, but like, I almost feel like we're part of the family, mm-hmm. you know, and that's really big for me. Like, I don't like to be just another fish in the pond. Like, I feel like we're part of the the prime family and yeah. that's really cool. Yeah, it, it is, man. And I tell you what, we talk about it often, you know, just about using great products, but having great people that back those products too, that means the world. Yeah, definitely. So that's it, guys. That's uh, keeping the lights on. Um, I know everybody kind of complains about us, you know, long partner reads and everything like that, but, you know, fast forward, I guess. (laughs) There's a lot of codes on here that you could be saving money for, and and we truly believe in all these products. Mm So, um, you know, if you have forgotten those codes, look at them in the show notes. You can see them all there. But, uh, yeah, that's all we got to really say about, you know, for the intro, but I want to get over this interview with Mike, please go to iTunes, leave a five-star rating and leave a written review. If you have not already, uh, tell a friend about the podcast. That'd be greatly appreciated. And, uh, here's this interview with Mr. Mike Yoder. All right. Welcome back to another episode of the fall podcast. And today I've got a return guest, Mr. Mike Yoder from drone deer recovery. Mike, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks so much for having me back. It it really means a lot. You know, you were one of the first ones that uh, had me on a, a podcast last year. And the uh, basically listeners you got, I got a lot of feedback from it. So it's it's greatly appreciated. Very cool, man. I'm, I'm glad we could help there because, you know, last year you came onto the scene hot and it was awesome. I love watching your guys' content and you do such a great job putting it out there. But you've got you know, you've got something going that, uh, everybody's trying to replicate now, which I think is so cool to see. It's like, you know, it always takes the first guy to like take the leap and then everybody's just right on board. So how has been the last year, you know, from you getting this thing off the floor to now, like where, where are we at now? Oh my gosh. It's so nuts. Like, yes, it was getting it off the floor and creating content last year. Like it was tons of fun. And then all of a sudden we shifted into this whole like business, scale it, uh, get operators in, deal with legal issues. Like dude, my head, as far as <laughs> it, dude, it's nuts as I like this morning, I was doing a recovery with another pilot and he heard me on the phone. Basically once I get in, in the truck until I dropped him off, I was on the phone either answering calls or telling guys what to do or thinking about media. It is just insane what we're working on right now. I think it's cool. You're building literally an empire. Like that's really neat. And I, you know, talking to you off record a little bit through text and everything. It's like, 
you're branching off into other things outside of hunting, which I think that is going to be the way of the world and like the ag world. Like that's, yep. it's, it's coming in hot and heavy and we're going to get into that today, but man, I think it's really cool. Like that you're doing all this, but how did I get you nailed down for an hour today to without, I mean, we're in the heart of October right now. You're probably fielding calls left and right, aren't you? Yeah. It, honestly, it's because I was able to get a whole team around me. So I think there's like 14 people working for drone deer recovery right now, either in media or answering phone calls and pilots. So in in my, uh, we call it HQ headquarters here. We have seven pilots that can go do deer recoveries. We got four, um, we got three Matrice 30Ts and one M350. So we got enough pilots and enough drones to go around to be able to go out in the field while I'm in the studio here talking with you and also working on other branding stuff. So without uh, all the other people helping me, I could I couldn't do this. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, you in in literally one year you've you went from like just starting to like your top like I wouldn't say you're at the peak yet but like you dude you're you've gotten so big in a year and I love to see it <laughs> dude yeah it has been crazy for sure they the the publicity and I I think some of it was you know you could look at the technology as being negative so you always have two sides and that is I think what made it kind of blow up is because you have some people thinking that it's good, other people thinking it's bad. And then you get that talk, right? You get that back and forth, like, should this be allowed? And I think that's why, I think that's why some of it blew up the way it did. In a, in a generality, like, have you heard more positive than negative or do you oh, get 100%. Like, have you? Oh yeah. 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 It is almost all positive, but if there's a little bit of negative, it seems that gets so much attention that it's almost ridiculous. Ridiculous. It's like anything. It just takes one guy to beat his chest on a keyboard on a forum. And it's yep. like all of a sudden that overpowers everything good. And I don't understand yep. why that is. Yeah. It is so weird in, mm -hmm. in anything, not just, you know, thermal drone technology, but any type type of topic you want to talk about. If somebody has a bunch of negative things to say about it, it seems like that gets so much attraction. It's just dumb. Yeah. So I would love to start real quick of, I want to know if you're okay with talking about how does, how does drone deer recovery work? Do you have dispatchers? Do you have, you know, people like that where are fielding calls and like getting a hold of drone operators, maybe in that area, like, Hey, can you go take this recovery or how does that all work? Yeah. So this is the part where you and I were talking earlier. Are we going to jump into it right now? Because I can tell you how we were working, but I can also tell you what how we're going to go from here. Like I, this is literally brand new, how we're going to structure this website. If you're good with it, let's, let's go. Like if you're good, okay. let's, let's run it right now. So, so the, the new website will be like this is we started this season off as a ditch dispatcher, like you're saying, where we, we had calls coming in and then we had operators picking up the call and then we'd call our nearest operator and get him you know, lined up. Now, what we're going to do is we need pilots. We need drones in the sky to help hunters. There's so many coming in that there's not even near. We got 33 or 35 operators in 15 different states, but that's not even close enough to deal with all these leads because there's leads coming in on Sunday. I think it was like 28 or 30 leads that came in that we couldn't service because our operators were still too far away. So wow. anybody that has a thermal drone that 
wants to be listed on the website, we're going to make that possible. So they basically go to our website and list their business on the website. And then what that's going to do is somebody that comes to our website that is looking for um, a thermal drone service, it's drone day recovery is what everybody knows it by, is you enter your zip code into the map. It's going to zoom in to your area and it's going to list all these other operators, not just drone deer recovery operators, but anybody that has a thermal drone, it's gonna list their information and then they can call them direct because us trying to field all the calls, it just doesn't work anymore. Yeah, I, man, I cannot imagine how many calls you're fielding an, like in an evening. Like oh, yeah. it's gotta be 30, 40, 50, is that low, is that high? I mean, I feel no, like there's that's, a lot. That's, yeah, that's right in there and uh, it, you know, what's crazy is we think of deer because we're on a, you know, a deer hunting podcast, but pet recovery, huge. Really? Like, are you kidding me? If, if you would have told me that this many people are finding drone deer recovery to find their pet. And when I say pet, it's any type of pet. It's like cats, dogs, horses, cows. You don't, you know, whatever, excuse me, might be, they're calling drone deer recovery to come find their uh, pets. And it's like, I just feel bad when there's a guy in Arizona and I'm like, I'm sorry, we don't have anybody close. What I need now is just people listening to this. If you have a thermal drone and you want to be listed on a website, put, put your information on a website. That way, when that guy calls in Arizona, he can call you if you're you know around there. That makes total sense. So what I'll do is if you have a link or something, whenever you get it, I would like to put it in the show notes. So people can go right to the show notes if they're listening to this, click that link, and it gives them all the information to be able to get a hold of you to to get signed up for it. And and you know, like you said, it'd be nice to have drone, you know, deer recovery. I don't I guess I don't know what to, drone operators uh yep. in every state and multiple of them. And yeah, that would be huge yep. because like you said, yeah. yeah. So when we, when we launched the pilot program, right, I, I, we launched it and we thought more people are going to come in and it, it's a little pricey. It was like 5,000 bucks to become a pilot. Uh, but we were, you know, you were getting a lot of marketing done for you. You were getting training from me. You were getting merch from us, marketing materials. So 5,000, yes, it, it's a big upfront cost. But if you look at starting a business, $5,000 is not that much, but it's still turned away people. And my thing is like, we need those folks that now have started a recovery business. We need them on the website. That way, if somebody, you know, calls in, let's say it's, I don't know, let's say Southern Florida, we don't have anybody down there, but if you operate a thermal drone and you want to be on the website, you can get on there and they can call you. So it, it needs to happen. Yeah. Let me ask you this. So let's say just hypothetical, Jim has a drone, like a thermal drone company in whatever state, X state. So Jim's drone service, if he calls Mike at Drone Deer Recovery, does he operate under Drone Deer Recovery or is it under Jim's, you know, drone recovery, whatever it might be? Like what's he operating under? So he can operate however he wants. So there's going to be three tiers to be listed on, on the website. We want premier uh, people that uh, are like doing this as a business. So to be listed on as a premier, you will, um, you know, have your equipment on there, how long you've been in business, that type of stuff. If it's just a freelancer, um, say you have a drone, but you just kind of want to do this on the side and make a little bit of side money, then you will just be listed, uh, like your name and a phone number. So you won't be a premier. You'll be 
lists it down at the bottom. Gotcha. So but, you're just but kinda, it's still an option. Right. So you're just kind of giving everybody an opportunity to to be a hub somewhere so people can get a hold of someone to help, really. Yes. Yeah. So I I started seeing that. Yes, I wanna be I wanna be this big empire. Everybody is a drone day recovery operator, but I just there's not enough of us. So yeah. Yes, in a way, they're going to be, you know, under drone deer recovery, but they can operate however they want. I, I'm not going to tell you, you know, what to make your price. If you want to go out for a hundred bucks, if you feel that's what you want to do it for, go out for a hundred bucks. But I'm not going to tell you what you can bid. So, it, does it cost Jim or someone anything to be on your? website basically yeah so we don't know exactly what it's going to cost but it's it's going to be low like we we want people on there so right there's a drone deer recovery um <laughs> we want them to be on there so it might be like 20 dollars a month up to maybe 40 50 a month depending how you want to be listed but and, and yeah, does any it, of that it will come cost something okay okay so does any of that come with any perks depending on the tiers that you're in do you give any incentives or anything like that or is it just a place for people to get a hold of you well as if you are more of a premier like you want to you're going to show up always at the top so gotcha. if you put your zip code in um and it zooms into your location even though there might be other pilots close to that zip code if you're a premier you will show up at the top of the list we still want people that have the best equipment and want to do this in the most professional way. We want them to do the recovery. But if uh, Alex has a drone that he just likes flying every now and then, and nobody, you know, and the op hunter doesn't want to pay the premium price for a premier operator, you know, he can still have the option to call that cheaper fella if he wants okay. to. I gotcha. Because, now, you know, like there's some bucks, let, let, let's just take a hundred inch deer. Like, yep hunters want to do whatever they can to find the deer but is it for that hunter it might not be worth spending 450 dollars for a 100 inch deer but it might be worth it to spend 200 bucks to find a 100 inch deer so if the option is there he might still use the service sure uh, that that totally makes sense um just speaking on the deer recovery side because we're a deer hunting podcast now do you keep stats as far as like you know, recovery rate, uh, you know, anything like that where, you know, when they go to the website, you can click on Jim's deer recovery and he's like 97% he's finding just about every deer. Well, we can't do it based on that. And I think dog guys talk about this as well, because you can, uh, you can filter out what calls you want to take. Like I was talking to one of my pilots subcontractor here and he's like, what's your success rate? I'm like, you can't go based on what mine is because I, w I was a hundred percent yesterday like but if you go out on something that sounds like it's a shoulder hit deer like if i feel that call and i'm like okay sounds like it's a shoulder hit it's a little high highly unlikely i'm gonna find that deer if i don't go do that call um that's not gonna go against my record right sure yeah if i can't find it then i just take the ones that are gut shot and hitting <laughs> hit yeah. high and longs and this and that and i'm gonna find them all yeah. So it's hard to say that, but it's going to be, we have to regulate it somehow. Like if guys go to our website and they call Alex with a drone and the, you know, customer that hired Alex called him and had him come out. If that customer calls us and like, you got to get this guy off your website. Cause he does 
horrible service, then we're going to have to police it somehow. We yeah. still we still want people to to do a professional job. I don't care what like what thermal drone you fly, just do a professional job because what we have done here is built something that is just not been done yet, like seen. So we have to stay professionals in it. I like it, man. I think you're going about it the right way. And I think you're you're literally just in it for the greater good. You just want to help people. And I, I really like that. It's a great, great take on it. Yeah, that I we have to get back to just wanting to help people. Speaking of helping people, there's something that's kind of in my craw that I want to talk to you about that I think is near and dear to your heart. So I come from the state of Michigan and the state of Michigan is uh, anti-thermal drone for, you know, helping in the aid of recovering a deer. Now, not yeah. not not going out and trying to find a deer and then killing them off that. I, I'm a totally against that. But like, I just don't understand why when it's the most efficient way to find an animal why no state in particular Michigan will not let us. So where are we at with that? Oh my gosh. Isn't that the most frustrating thing? Because you know, when that law was written, that law was not written uh, thinking that this technology is going to come and be able to do such a good job. So these old laws that they are bringing up and saying that, so the state of Michigan is going specifically on that word take. They are saying that taking the carcass is the part that's illegal because you're you know you're taking it but it's like guys that's so ridiculous because if you want to talk about ethics right like you have to there's a law that you can't do wasting and you got to do any means necessary to find your deer but you can't use this new technology absolutely makes no sense to me whatsoever now you've had some conversations with the state of michigan correct yeah, well, our attorneys did. <laughs> Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Well, they, so la- I should have pulled up that ladder. So basically the last uh, response was to them is they had to reply to us um, before it went to court or something like that. And they sent out a letter. Now it's a counter. Uh, basically they're countering the question. So the question was on take and now it's, they came back with something else and it's so, so much legal gibberish that I don't even understand it. I do think with time that every state that is against it will be for it or make some regulations allowing it because just saying outright, nope, can't do it based on the law is so dumb because I believe that there's also wardens listening to this podcast right now that believe that this is good technology in their state and if that warden shows up in a state that tells you it's illegal i think that warden's going to understand he's going to be like yeah i I get what you guys are doing um and not do anything about it yeah no i agree 100 percent, and i like that you're you took the effort to to kind of call michigan out on their bullshit to be honest with you in the in the lack of wording because basically the the what your conversation with them is is the wording of it, right? The taking of the carcass. So, and that's what's kind of got people in a tizzy because I know people that have thermal drones in Michigan, you know what I mean? And it's like, you know, if I hit a deer and I need one, you know, I would like to try to use one. Like, I think it's only, like you said, ethical uh, in the way to do it. And um, 
I'm going to go any means necessary. I'm legal beagle. I love to go by the book. I ask people yeah. before I go on their per, their property permission. I'm never going to just like wander anywhere. I want to do it the right way because when the shoe's on the other foot, if they ask me permission to come on my property, I want to be able to go on their property if I have a deer over there. You know, so. Yep. Um, yep. So I, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, you're good. <laughs> I was just going to say, I was going to say it's like this. So, uh, you know, I started thinking all these things. It's like, guys, if you want to say that taking the carcass, right, if you pick it up and you take it, that was, that was the illegal part. So what about just taking my drone out, finding the carcass, and then just leaving it there for, to rot, just leave it there then if you can't right. legally take it. Like right. how stupid are they? Because think about it. Like you could find it. You can fly over your property with a, a thermal drone. You just can't use it to hunt. So if you happen to find a carcass rotting out there, you just have to leave it there. So that that's what they told you? No, I'm just saying how dumb oh, that is. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Because yes, yes. It, is, it is legal for you to fly a thermal drone over your property. Think about it. Like, it's your property. You can go out, fly across it, look at your pond, maybe look if there's trespassers out there. You, you can do all that. If you happen to find a carcass while doing that, then you just have to leave it there. That's ridiculous. It, it's complete st it's stupidity. That's the most asinine <laughs> thing I think I've ever heard, to be honest with you. <laughs> what the heck? Yeah, think about it. Like, uh, yeah, I'm just going to go out here and look for uh, some, you know, trespassers because there's trespassers out there and you can catch them with these thermal drones. And you're looking and all of a sudden you come across the carcass, you're going to be like, oh, well. There she lays. Just leave her rot. <laughs> Boy, that's a big deer. I'll just leave him there. <laughs> like, really? You know? Oh, my gosh. Uh, that's I, I understand a little bit of where they're coming from. They don't want people using these in the wrong light. I totally get dude, that. Totally you, get it. You know? And 100%. I think, and I think if, like, like we talked about earlier in the conversation, it only takes one guy. It only takes one thermal drone person to find a deer, go kill him because of the drone, and then... You know, and then it's yep. like all gone. Then I'd be pissed because it's like, what are you doing, <laughs> man? Like, just respect what we got going on here. And ugh. yep, yep, exactly. That's it. But it's like any other topic. Like, we could start talking about the whole gun thing. It's just that. It's like one bad thing happens, and then we want to shut the whole thing down. It's like, come on. Or like, the cell like, cam thing. <laughs> Let's oh, get on. That, <laughs> no, that's a great example. It's yeah. like, guys we have to use some common sense at times too. Like, yes, there's certain statutes and stuff that we have to follow, but let's use some common sense in this. Yeah. Like that's exactly like the state of Ohio. Your law is mostly written like the state of Ohio, but they're a, they're a state that under, I guess is a little bit, would it be not liberal, but the other way they're like a little more like, yes, we get it where it's coming from. Yeah. Don't yep. use it for bad. And we're okay with it. But if yeah. we catch you out there, you know, scouting for somebody's big buck that they have on trail cam and just can't find it lately, then that's that's an issue. Mm -hmm. Would you say, because, you know, you live in Ohio, you've been there your whole life. Would you say that Ohio's DNR and their, their, um, their government, the system and everything, as far as it goes to deer hunting is is a good thing or is there some, I mean, there's always flaws in every system, but would you say it's more on the positive side? I, I personally myself feel it's on the positive side because I was able to talk to the head of the DNR and then also to some of the wildlife council members, uh, like the directors. 
and they were all for it. Like one of them was actually thinking about buying his own thermal drone oh, really? to do to do recoveries on his own. It's like he understands the technology and how it can be used for good in the sport. Because like we talk about, this is a sport more, more than it is for survival at this point. So anything that we do in hunting, we do it for the experience. Like if you want to, you know, if you want to shoot a longbow to go shoot a big buck, use a longbow. It's a, it's an experience thing that you want to do. You know, we had a little bit of dog guys come at us and it's like, I don't have anything against dogs. I think that's great. If somebody wants to use a dog, because that's the another drone deer recovery. <laughs> um, if somebody wants to use a dog, then use a dog, but like come at the technology because it's, you know, a new way to do it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And I've got some buddies that have tracking dogs and, and have really good tracking dogs. And I've talked to them about it and they're like, they're very much on board for the drone recovery thing. It's like, why wouldn't you? It's just another tool in the bag to have, yeah. you know? And it's yep. like, they're not against, I'm, I'm sure there are dog guys. Do you get some, per, do you get some hateful comments from dog guys? Like, Hey, you're taking our spotlight kind of thing. Like, uh, I don't know that it's, uh, much hate, but there was, there was one post, uh, on Facebook, uh, early season, uh, we had an operator go out and was not able to find a deer. And then this guy later called the dog out and the dog found the deer, uh, where the operator was searching. And it's, it costs a bunch of money for the operator to come out with a mileage and a locate fee. And so this guy posted on Facebook, like how we're a sham because we're just out here taking people's money and flew for like 30 minutes. And I'm like, that's not the case. Like it was more detailed. We made a video on it, but it's like, we have some, but not a bunch. Yeah. Okay. There's always going to be that one guy though. Like we talked about. Yeah. <laughs> always yeah. going to be that one guy. Now, right now, as we sit here, October, middle of October, we're, we're recording. How many, uh, how many recoveries have you been on this year so far? Uh, me personally, I've done six, six. but our company has done, I don't know, 30, 40. Really? A bunch. Yeah. What's the like, biggest deer you guys have found so far? Uh, I don't even know because I'm not doing them all. So yep. the guys yep. would, I, I'd have to ask the guys, I, I mean, mid one sixties all the time. Mm -hmm. I, I found one the other night that was probably one sixty five. Yeah, that's awesome. So, you know, I know the last podcast you and I did, we talked about like the whole process, like how you field the call, like you go out and everything. Has any of that changed? Have you yeah. changed your process at all? After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that. Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com waypoint. That's mintmobile.com slash waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash waypoint. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. 
Eating better is easy with Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, which is the one I like, and Keto. Get started today and get after your goals. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 and use the code waypointpod50 to get 50% off. That's waypointpod50 at factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 to get 50% off. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Yeah, so it did change because, you know, I've never thought about how it is to actually like grow an audience that's bigger than just Ohio or or bigger than your county. We put this phone number out on these uh, YouTube videos, never thinking that they get a hundred thousand, <laughs> a, a four hundred thousand views, and then you, you have these people just calling you to talk to Mike at Drone Deer Recovery to ask him questions about a shot or to do mm. this in their state. And it's like, I had, I had to separate it because I was not able to keep up with all the calls. So we had, you know, a calling center, not really a calling center, but we had people in charge to pick up the phone. We're like, I told you early in this podcast is we're going to try to go away from that from everybody just calling drone day recovery, but have them go to the website, put in a zip code, zooming in and then calling pilots in their area. And okay. then I can maybe go back to how I feel the calls in Ohio. So if there's still somebody in Ohio that needs drone day recovery, they can call the local drone day recovery number and, uh, me or somebody on my team will pick it up and we'll, you know, we'll go through the questions and stuff like that. But, in general, yeah, the whole thing shifted since you and I talked last. It just got a little crazy. You're getting too big, Mike. <laughs> I and it's from people like you, seriously, because it's uh, you know you guys have audience, and then Working Class Bowhunter Podcast and yep. all these podcasts reached out, and you guys had an audience, and and then all of a sudden it just goes a boom, and you got all kinds of people listening, watching from all types of. Uh, you know, areas. And it's not just the United States. We got people in Canada no that are reaching it. Yeah. Reaching out to us and want to, want to either do this in Canada or want to join the team. I even, I did a podcast in Europe or something. They do some hunting stuff over there. It's like, I, I don't know. I just never been in this position, right? Like I'm a grew up Amish, had no idea that you sh you turn a camera on you and, uh, put it on YouTube. And if it goes viral, it'll, it'll be crazy. That's wild. Now, yep. in answer if you can or not, but you talk about the whole new website and everything. Is there in the plans for like an app? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So we are working on it. 
freaking hard. Like that's the biggest thing we're working on okay. is we will be an app and we will be in your pocket wherever you go. Um, whenever you're, <laughs> I don't know. So somebody just walked in. <laughs> you're a busy man. You're fielding calls and people are wanting you. So there's somebody up in the RV. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> just had some drones dropped off. I think I love it. Um, Sorry, where were we going so with this? The app. Oh, the you're talking app, about the yes. app, yeah. Yes, we uh, we do have an app in the the works, but it takes a long time. I never knew what it, it like what all goes into creating an app. But the app will uh, probably not be ready to launch till next fall or maybe next spring. Okay, is it more of like a Uber in your pocket kind of thing? Hundred percent. Oh, I love it's Uber it. in your pocket. <laughs> I yeah. love it. What else can you get on the app? Like, if you don't mind asking or talking about it, is there anything else you can get on there as far as like maybe you know like a like a picture of a deer where you can show where you hit it and like it gives you stats of like uh, kill shot maybe or anything like no, that. No, no, I don't. I just think that's too much. Uh, yeah information on the app like with all the other apps that are out there like DeerCast and stuff sure um, yep. people can you know do that type of thing but on the app there's that's the way we have to go it's it's ease of use right like calling a bunch of operators or calling a bunch of pilots when you just hit a buck is going to be something that's going to kind of suck on your end too because you don't know who's going to be available so the app's going to make that so easy it, it will function like uber I like it. That's a really cool. You got it all thought of. <laughs> we I do, like but like getting it built uh, is is a problem. Like just yeah. getting it done quick enough. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yep. Now let's transition a little bit out of deer hunting. You are dabbling into the ag world, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, wh what does that look like? Because I know that's something. I've got friends out in the Midwest, Illinois, Missouri, that like they're starting to you know fly their fields as far as like you know, fertilizer or anything like that. They're spraying it out with a drone. Like yep. how, how is, how is that working out? Dude, it is insane. I can get fired up on the ag side okay. because I believe that that technology will, it, it will completely change how farming is done. It basically farmers can look at a drone and own a drone like an implement, just like they would on the back of a tractor. Sure. It, they are actually that easy to use. Like when you learn how the software works, you could sit, you know, in your front yard, dump the fertilizer or dump the chemical in it that you want. The sucker will take off and it'll do it all autonomously, all on its own. Flies down, flies back, altitude, the whole nine yards will do it all on its own. So and, how big how big is this drone? Uh they're almost twelve feet across. Like no if you way. Yeah. Yep, diagonally. But it's it's insane and if you learn how to use them properly you can put multiple drones into one field to get it knocked out faster that is crazy and think about this like you know rutting up fields and being too wet or anything like that that kind of throws that out the window oh like yeah you can it's do yeah it's all out the window yeah so we're working on a, a whole system basically like a trailer the tanks, everything you need to just hook it onto your truck, go out and spray your fields from the road, never get into your field ever. Like I was doing a field in uh, Nashville, Ohio, and the guy's just like, this is crazy. We just went and spent, he he wouldn't tell me, but it was over half a million dollar on a higher clearance sprayer. And uh, he's like, he could have got four 
five, maybe six of these drones that could have done his corn and beans whenever the world he wanted to. It wouldn't have to be, you know, that doesn't have to be dry for him to go spray this stuff. And he would have been able to send guys out there and do it without ever damaging any part of his corn. Because no, those it, big sprayers, they go down to the end and they still turn and they smash yep. all the corn. In yep. Yeah. And your yields get better then too, yep. you know? So yep. now is there, what kind of like training would a farmer or an operator have to do? Or were you hoping like, you know, farmers just can call you with the, or someone that has all the, the stuff to do it and just come out and do it. Yeah. So there's going to be custom applicators, like companies that are custom applicators. There's going to be those people, but then there's also going to be farmers or ranchers that want their own that don't uh, want to hire in a custom applicator. I, I can teach people how to fly these things. It's like the thermal drone. Yes. It's, you know, there's a little bit to learn, but you know, a little common sense, you can figure it out. Right. Now the, you know, the ag side, quite a bit more there. You got to understand your, your energy and weight that you have in the drone. So once you get good at knowing how much battery you can, how much battery you're, you're going to use on the distance you're flying, but the drone will also figure that out for you. Now those big drones, how much can they like pick up? Like how much weight can they pick up? The absolute max that I made it pick up just to see, because that's something that I wanted to know, is 158 pounds. That's the T40. Wow. So when you're showing those videos of you carrying around a deer, is that real or is that AI? <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Like people Dude, actually it looks ask, real. <laughs> it is real. It is? People, <laughs> did that's you think wild. it's not real? No. Okay. So I, I when I watched it, I'm like, Boy, you know how the AI thing is coming on really hot. I'm like, <laughs> Mike's probably pretty proficient behind a computer. He's got someone that I'm oh like, my. that could be fake. And then I'm like, gosh, it looks so real though. So no, I no, had to ask it, you. It's real. Yeah. Yeah. We're definitely going to release a video of us doing a hunt specifically carrying out deer. So now. Actually, actually I can say it on this video because it's probably going to go live on Thursday of this week. Okay. So we went to North Carolina and we yep. went hog hunting and we, we had a hog way back in and we, <laughs> we flew the sucker out instead of a, how did you do that? What do you mean? How did well, I do that? Well, you obviously had to be at the hog to get the rope down yeah, right, yeah. and then tie yep. it up. I gotcha. Yep. yep. So we flew the drone over. I went over to where the drone was, brought the drone down with a 60 foot rope, got his back legs, hooked it up where up it goes across. <laughs> <laughs> that's wild and you know like so in ohio can you can you extract a deer like that is that within the laws uh i mean can you carry it out with a four-wheeler oh you can yeah i guess you're right <laughs> uh, i don't know i mean as far as like it's really no different laws, i guess the, the hunt has been long over at this point the guts right. have been pulled out like yeah. the deer's not it's it's how you're getting it to your truck Dude, I will that's tell you, wild. I will tell you, it's pretty crazy. I did it with a doe that my wife shot. I, I didn't video it, but uh, <laughs> taking the drone out back, hooking it up and flying it and putting it in your bed or the truck, that feels pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that's a new way right there, my friend. <laughs> hey, you know what's funny that you just said that? That's how our uh, uh, ag company is called. Nobody knows it yet. It's called New Way Ag. Oh, really? 
I love you know? it. I love it, man. That's awesome. A lot of little tidbits uh, getting, in, yeah. You know, on this podcast, I can't wait to get this live. Oh, it's gonna be good. Yeah. Um, like I say, it's always gonna be wild or something like that. I love it. I love it. So the that egg, is funny though that you thought that I'm that that I could AI that deer, dude. There are so many plugins now that people can buy that like. You can AI anything. I freaking hate how AI is going. And now it hits home to me a little bit because, you know, I'm a, I produce, you know, digital series and TV shows and stuff like that and editing. And that's what I do for a living. So like to see AI, a robot come in and like kind of take my job is like, kind of hits home. I'm like, this is getting a little aggressive here. So, but I'm like, man, did he like AI that or... (laughs) Is that real? You know, made me think. Uh, made that, me think. You know, you know, I, uh, I actually that was roadkill because our season wasn't open yet. So well, then, the dough so looked a little. Guys, it looked a little sketchy. That's now, why I was like, yeah. ah, maybe he AI'd that. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's because the local guy was like, that's not real because our season isn't open yet. But I picked it up. It was roadkill. So. <laughs> Jeez, some people <laughs> for somebody to call you out on it too is like really yep. i mean gosh yep. anyway uh, so that's like some guys are commenting on the instagram reel where it's flying through the air they're like that's disrespectful it's like you know what that deer had to deal with less being dragged across the ground than it did flying to the truck yeah for sure uh, yeah saving the meat saving the hide too if you ever yep. you know you want to preserve the hide to get it mounted or anything like that i get it i get it yeah i wasn't sure if we're gonna get into that part of this podcast but there's some there's some things we're already thinking about you had to ask had to ask (laughs) now tell me this it sounds like you're a little more amped up about the ag side of things is that am i hearing that right yeah the reason for it is not only am i helping a farmer increase his yield and put more dollars in his pocket but but how you can like literally set somebody up to make big money. Like mm-hmm. it is actually surprising. If you're a custom applicator and you invest, um, it's a good chunk upfront investing that, but dude, in like 24 days, we did 11,000 acres. Do the numbers, 11,000 acres and you could charge 14 to 17 bucks an acre. It comes out to a good chunk real quick. Heck yeah. Yeah, so, and then you don't have wear and tear on your equipment or your fields or anything like that, and yep. that's that's wild. Now, yep. like ballpark, a drone like that, what are, what are we looking at like price wise to get in? Like if a farmer was wanting to get into a drone like that, so the kit that's available on our website right now, the way I got it set up, and I'm trying to get it get the cost down, but one drone with a spreader and a sprayer tank four batteries the remote everything that you need with a generator that charges your battery in the same amount of time as it does to drain the battery uh you're looking at like thirty three thousand dollars okay so you have a generator on there that will charge that within 30 minutes basically. oh no it'll charge it in eight to ten minutes oh no kidding yes wow. yes it, That's it awesome. is when i first seen it i i could not believe that there is such a technology that it drains it in about seven to 10 minutes and it charges it up in seven to 10 minutes. Wow. How many passes can you get in seven to 10 minutes roughly? Well, it it depends on what you're spraying. So ideal you two gallons per acre. Um, you're going to spray all like the whole tank before the, you know, 
the juice runs out. Basically, you're going to come back with 40, 45% battery. Um, and two gallons an acre, 10 and a half gallons, you're looking at a little over five acres that you're going to get sprayed in minutes, literally minutes. You're going to have that sprayed. Okay. I got you. And you got this down to a science. It sounds like, <laughs> well, it's, it's only because I went and did it. Like that's, that's my thing. Like I couldn't, people were asking me about these ag drones and I was thinking about getting into ag drones, but like going and actually doing it, like in the field, me working every day for 20 days straight. Like I learned real quick what you can and can't do. And so I'm not just a salesman. I'm not just a guy that reads a stats book and tells you, well, it's supposed to fly, you know, 22 miles an hour and spray this many acres per hour. Cause they're going to tell you it's going to spray 50 acres an hour. That's not real life scenarios. Like, mm -hmm. But I went out there and I did this stuff and that's why I can talk the way I talk because I was truly there doing it. Yeah. No, that, that makes sense. Now, are they, is the technology only for like spraying fields or can you, you know, a lot of guys fly on cover crop around here with a plane, with an airplane. Can you do that with cover crops and everything? It, it works probably even better as cover crop applications. So you can uh, carry a spreader with you. Um, I did some ryegrass seed and out in Nashville, Ohio, and he was watching that cover crop go down and he walked inside the corn and looked at all the seed everywhere. And he's like, he's never seen seed laid down this good um, doing an aerial application. And normally they use air tractors or something like that. Okay. Because that, the reason why I ask is, you know, the airplane stuff, I think, and now I'm no farmer or anything like that, but what I've heard is it's hard for them to get the headlands real well from when they drop the seed. You know what I mean? So with a drone, I feel like you could be more precise with it. Is that, am I correct with that? Oh, dude, it is dead accurate. Like if it's off, it's off by inches, not feet. Really? I mean, it's literally that accurate. Yep. Okay. I like that. That's cool. And then, you know, for a farmer to, to be able to buy that and just have that, like you said, like it's like another implement, you know, like imagine being able to fly on crops, you know, obviously to plant corn or beans, you might not be able to do that, but anything like, you know, like you said, ryegrass or any cover crop or wheat or anything like that, seed to soil contact is, that's huge, you know? Yep, yep. And the other technology, like the multi-spectral, where you can fly multi-spectral drones and see the health of your crop, uh, as farmers like come around to this technology, they're going to be able to check out their corn as it's coming out and figuring out where areas are that's not doing so good and spot treating that like you can literally tell the drone to fly into a five acre patch of a hundred acre field go in there spray that little section and then right back out without that's, ever stepping foot into it that's wild man that's so Dude, crazy it is insane now will that drone that package you talk about will that do all that that same stuff where it'll it'll pinpoint where the weak areas no, no, are in no. the crop okay no that's a separate drone it's a multi-spectral okay. drone and then you have to put that into a software and then you look at it just like an aerial uh, and then you can tell you know what the health of the corn or beans or whatever the crop is it'll tell yep. you what's going on yep that's yeah. awesome now is there anything i'm missing on the ag side is there anything that you see that might be coming down the pipeline or something that you want to get into that uh that you think is pretty cool other than what we've talked about 
I think that you guys are going to see more and more of these drones flying across uh, agricultural fields in your area. I can almost guarantee you. And the reason I say that is because the FAA is loosening up on some of its rules on drones specifically because, you know, the FAA is so ancient that it's just ridiculous at times. They have these old rules and laws that uh, for airplanes and helicopters for agricultural but as they see this tech technology progressing and getting better they're they're like okay this is making more sense right rather than putting a pilot out there and putting his life in on the line send drones out there and if they crash into the corn they're not killing somebody if you rip a power line off with a helicopter you're not too often going to walk away from that sure yeah, I I totally get that. You just made it, you you just brought up something that triggered something in my head. So let's say hypothetical, you do crash this drone and you cannot fix it. How many like what's a repair shop look like? Are they are they around or do you got to send this thing yeah. somewhere? Yeah. So we we deal with Roger at a high drone repair and I'm giving him a plug because that guy is on it. Like he is a he is a drone repair shop. That's what he specializes in. And uh he is really good. There's not a ton of them around, but that's where I go. And he gets us fixed up real quick. Okay. Cause I was just wondering if it like, if this does take off this, this ag side of things in which it sounds like it's going to, you know, is there traveling mechanics that are in, you know, people that you bring in guys that like they do a course on how to fix these drones and everything. And then they're just in these certain regions where you can that, get them that yeah, that will be a thing. That yeah. the, that will be a thing where there will be mechanics or even uh, companies that will bring you a new drone and mm. take your old drone with them and get that one repaired. Dude, it's gonna it's gonna happen because if your drone is down and you're not spraying acres, you're you're wasting money and it's valuable. When the corn and the beans are ready to be sprayed, you only have like a seven day window to get that yeah. stuff done. So if a if a drone does go down, you better get that sucker in the air as quick as possible. So I do see that coming down the pipe when there's more companies out doing custom applicating and you you cannot afford to sit down and fix your drone that went down. You have to stay flying. Yep. I, I, I can see that. Do you have any, uh, do you know of any operators that do the ag stuff in Michigan? Uh, I've spoke to one or two folks that called me about doing thermal drone stuff that were custom applicators, but I didn't get their contact. And then I have one other guy that is very serious about having custom applicator business in the thumb area. Uh, but yeah, this not, not that I know of. I got you. Cause I was wondering, like, let's say I called you Mike and I'm up, you know, five hours away or whatever it is. Like, can you come and, and, and do custom application? What does that process look like? So if you want a custom application done, basically you, if you're a farmer, you will probably have shape files or some type of files with your fields. Then I will look at that. I will probably start building boundaries on my, uh, on my platform so I can send my drones in there. Uh, basically we come out, you tell us what chemical you want. You're, you're going to probably have the chemical. We mix it up, put it in our tanks and we put it in our drones and then out we go. It's really, it's not that difficult if most farmers are already modern enough that their combines are, um, 
got some type of GPS stuff in it. Mm -hmm. And those take certain files and those files you just share with me. And then I can build my boundaries uh, with those shape files that you give me. I got you. That's cool. So like, but you're fielding calls from other states, right? Like you're going wherever you need to go. Uh, on the ag side. So last year there was a guy that uh, found drone deer recovery through Instagram and he is a custom applicator in, in Indiana. He is a helicopter um, company, but he sees where this technology is going and he's like, we're getting on board. Like he sees drones take over helicopters and airplanes in certain areas, no questions asked. So he started this big program where he brought teams in from Tennessee, Illinois, and Ohio to come help him spray. I think we had like 60 or 70,000 acres that needed to be sprayed. Wow. And we knocked that stuff back with drones this year. I think it was the largest drone spraying operation in the country that I'm aware of showing that this can be done. I mean, it's hard. It's a lot of hard work, but it can be done. And uh, we knocked it back. That's so awesome. I, I went to Indiana because this guy found me through Instagram, but there is, there's work all over the place. Mm -hmm. I just don't have the time to go do it all. We're doing some stuff. Um, well, I was supposed to do some stuff last week for the DNR, ODNR. Um, but the week before that, I did like 400 acres of invasive species control. So they had us come out and fly uh, big old CRP fields that are ta being taken over by Russian olive and um, autumn olive. Honey yeah. honeysuckle. Yep. Yep. Yeah, autumn, I could yeah, see that, that. I could see a market for that as well because a lot of guys that have their property enrolled in these government programs, whether it's a CRP program or something like that, that you know, going in there and and ripping you know Russian olives or autumn olive, whatever out with a tractor or something like that, like that, that's time consuming. And that's yeah. like, you know, I could see that definitely being very beneficial for that as well. Oh yeah. We were spraying uh, some of that stuff. It, it'll be on the channel at some point, but like seeing the drones, the AI inside of those drones work, it comes to a tree and it like stops, climbs up over the tree and down the other side, like, because it had to we were spraying anything that wasn't grass. So it had to process what it was dealing with. Okay. And there was, there were tall trees, there were short trees, there were trees in the, in the middle. So you pick an altitude and you tell the drone to do fly above the whatever at that height. And well, it comes to a tree that's 70 feet tall and it's 13 feet above the bush that's below it. Well, now it has to go up over that tree and come down the other side to continue its route. That's crazy. It is nuts. <laughs> the, the, the time we live in, man. I'll tell oh you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, so. in closing here, you know, if anybody wants to get a hold of you for anything that we talked about today, where's the best place for them to go and how to do all that? Yeah. So the agricultural side, you're probably just going to have to send us an email info at drone deer recovery.com. Uh, we're still working on our ag website. So info at drone deer recovery.com. And then if you are a thermal drone pilot and you want to list your business name or yourself on our website, we will have that available. Hopefully by the time you are hearing this and you can just go to the website and you can create your own profile. So we want to make it easy for you to go there, update your phone number if you need to, and make changes on the website itself. 
Okay, and I forgot one question. If anybody, like, let's just take the state of Michigan, for example. If anybody wanted, like, here in this podcast is on, like, the drone deer recovery side, they they really want it to be legal here, what can those people do to, like, help this law or this wording get changed? Like, what would be the best option there? So <clears throat> I think the, the best way we can do it is uh, sign a petition. So we... We should probably get a petition out there for you guys as well. We have one for Illinois and uh, just try to get signatures and talk to your uh, board. Basically, I think almost all states have a council where okay. yep. they talk about new rules and laws and stuff like that. I don't know. It's a little ridiculous that they're being so stubborn about it. It just, you know, we talked about it earlier. It just makes no sense. Yeah. Well, if there's any way that we can help you know, as the fall podcast can help in, in getting our audience out there and with a petition or anything, please let me know because I would love to love to help in, in the aid of hopefully getting that wording changed so we can, you know, get some operators here in the state of Michigan and, and we can help find some people's deer, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there, there's some guys that are doing it in Michigan because they are like, they don't care what the state is saying because they know they're using it for good for the sport yep. it's like a guy that was uh had a tracking dog he told us that he he was tracking deer before it was legal but he knew that that he was helping and doing it for good yeah. so there's going to be those folks that are willing to take the risk and are still helping hunters and if if somebody comes and catches him and they want to misinterpret the law uh, according to my t- take they are misinterpreting the law and uh, i i still think that it can uh, you know people can't do it even though it says that they can't but yeah. it's one of those things that there's people that are willing to take the risk even if the state says that you're being doing illegal things right yeah i could see that for sure well cool hit hit all your social channels where everybody can find you and see all your content and everything before we wrap this up Okay. Yeah. Well, we're on almost every social platform. I think there is Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. And it's all the same on each one drone deer recovery, uh, on everyone. Awesome, man. Well, Mike, thank you very much for coming back on today. I know we'll do it again, but, uh, if you can, uh, if you want to get a petition around and need any help, let me know. Cause, uh, we'll help out any way we can. Sounds good. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, Aaron. Thank you.